everyone. Welcome back to the fourth quarter comeback. I am your host, Six Pack Pat O'Connor, along with my friend Jets till the end. The number three pick in front of my number four. He is Red Zone Rick. Rick, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Pat. Ready to get this show on the road. All right. That's what I like to hear. And after a great weekend of wild card football, we saw a lot of good games going on. And we are going to start off in Houston, where Indianapolis, both of our picks to make the playoffs, they have now started wreaking the havoc that we have warned the entire league of Andrew Luck. And the Indianapolis Colts beat the Houston Texans 21 to 7. And it was on the back of not just Andrew Luck, but Marlon Mack. I discounted him and I stand corrected. Marlon Mack had 148 yards and a touchdown. Luck put 222, two touchdowns in a pick on top of that. And they just worked Houston all game. I believe the 21 7 score wasn't even really that close. Indy was on top of him from beginning to end. Rick, how'd you like the game? I thought the game was great. Um, it went exactly how I thought it would. I knew Indy would jump all over them. Like I said, I like I like Houston. I thought Houston was a pretty good team this year. They they had a great season when you think about their winning streak that they put on. But I, I felt like they came in a little undermatched when it came to the Colts. Um, we, we both knew that Andrew Luck was going to be lights out, coming back, you know, comeback player of the year. He's been looking great all season, and we knew he wanted to show out in these playoffs, and he did just that. Marlon Mack looking every bit of a franchise running back, would you dare say, these last couple weeks? You know, I didn't think so before, but I don't see why they wouldn't go forward with him unless they get a better offer, which who's that, Bill? I don't even know at this point. So, yeah, Marlon Mack might just be the franchise guy there, someone they haven't had in a little bit of time. And you know, I was, you know, I don't want to say that I was disappointed with Houston because I expected the Colts to win, but I thought it was going to be more of a a game, if you will. You know, I thought it was going to be, you know, playoff enthusiasm and, you know, you're you're at home and, you know, it's winner go home. And I just thought the Houston would probably put up a little more of a fight. Yeah, they came out really flat. And that's not good, man. You know, so you knew that the Colts coming out with a better team. We, we both knew that. We knew that they were the more complete team and they showed it. Honestly, after this game, I think there should be a ninth coaching vacancy. Uh, I think Bill O'Brien should be fired after this one. I don't see the Texans playing for him very well going forward. I don't see them going anywhere any deeper than this in the playoffs, if they're lucky. This goes into what I said last week, where I think that Bill O'Brien is just that that play it safe, keep it average, just kind of keep everything status quo. And we have a talented enough team that we're going to be able to maybe coast into the playoffs and we'll be okay. But we're not going to go any farther than that. And that's a problem when you have such a talented team. You have someone like Watson. Watson put this team on his back. You got to say that. As much as Mac and Luck did that. Yeah, he did. Watson... Was thrown all over the place. He got one pick, but he was also the leading rusher. He had 76 yards rushing. Watson was playing hard. He was playing to win. I like Deshaun Watson a lot. He's got a bright future in front of him. You have one of, if not the best, wide receivers in the game, in DeAndre Hopkins. With that defense, those offensive weapons, you got to throw in a, a better running back. Lamar Miller's really not the answer anymore. Bill O'Brien's just shitting on this team and he's wasting a lot of talent right now 
Exactly. It, it all goes back to what you said. It seems like this team has so much talent, yet it seems like they just did what they do every year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Which is barely get into the playoffs. This year they didn't barely get in, but they lose at home in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? And they go home. That's it. This is what we're used to with this team. So, but they did, like- Rick. I mean, I understand their record wasn't shit. They didn't sneak in. They weren't an eight and eight team or nine seven team sneaking in. But at the same time, yeah, they won the South, but just barely. It came. Yeah, it was so competitive. The Titans and the the Colts were both right there, so they just as easily could have been out. You know what I mean? So they kind of did sneak in in a way. They just got such a lead after coming back with their big win streak that even their follies down the end of the line. They just managed to pull it off, but it was all for naught because nobody gives a shit about the Texans in the playoffs. Yep. I told you before a couple weeks ago that they didn't scare me. You know what I mean? I thought that they were a good team. They were an average team, but they don't scare me, which is sad to say because they got so much. It was a conversation that needed to be had, but you were right that they're just not a scary team. And that's pretty tough to say when you have a because they like have that with so Honey much Badger and Watt and Clowney. There's so much talent spread out over that team. It's like how can you know? And and that goes right back to Bill O'Brien. It has to go back to Bill O'Brien and the rest of the coaching staff. You know, you got a you got Deshaun Watson and you got one of the best receivers in the game, like you said, if not the best. And you you just lack production. You got a pretty good you know number two receiver in Demarius Thomas. You know, Lamar Miller's not great, but, hey, he's been serviceable. You know, he almost got 1,000 yards this year as a part-time running, you know, running back by committee, the way the whole NFL is nowadays. You know, there's really not too many workhorses. I'd say we're getting back to the age of the workhorse. I think so, too. I definitely think so, too. But at the same time, like, the Texans don't have that. Exactly. They don't. And that's what's going to be blamed for this instead of who should be blamed. Bill O'Brien. I think they'll have a better chance at winning some playoff games. Because let's be honest, the only win they really had was against an injury plague Raiders with Derek Carr out. And yes, they had issues too, but guess what? That doesn't mean jack shit. Time to get rid of Bill O'Brien. He is hurting the Houston Dexans. Very talented team. But for now, they're going to be going fishing. And Indianapolis is going forward. And they're going into Kansas City for a huge matchup next week. Another huge matchup this week was Dallas beating Seattle 24-22. It was a close one, came down to a weak onside kick. Unfortunately, Sebastian Janikowski injured his hamstring pretty badly at the end of the first half. Therefore, Michael Dixon, the punter, had to handle duties from there. They weren't even kicking extra points. They were just going for two. It was a terrible drop kick, uh, onside kick effort. Can't really put the blame on him. That's just not really his job. Unfortunately, things fell apart for Seattle. Dallas looked pretty damn solid. Listen, man, Dallas, they are dangerous. They have one of the top two running backs in this playoffs, and possibly the whole league just in general. With Zeke, he ran for 137 yards and a touchdown. He had almost double the entire Seattle rushing yards. That's all you need to know right there. Both Dak and Wilson were very serviceable, very solid. Dak was making some huge runs. He was looking like a man, you know? He was sacking up. 
and he was running when he needed to. He got the touchdown in there when he needed to. He was diving next to that goal line time and time again, getting big first downs. I like the way Dak was playing. I don't like the Dallas one, obviously. Raiders draft pick purpose. But, listen, the Cowboys are 10-0 and this season when scoring 20-plus points. So when they're scoring 20 points or up, they're winning. That defense is a killer. That defense, people are not giving it the respect that they deserve. That defense is a damn good defense. One of the better ones in the league right now. And if the offense can stay on pace and they keep everything on schedule, Dallas could very well be in the Super Bowl. What do you think? I think that that defense is looking spectacular. You know, we didn't think that defense this year would be able to hold down, you know, any high-powered offenses. And I'm I'm eager to see, you know, this next matchup that Dallas is going to go into. Demarcus Lawrence is out there looking like a beast, man. He knows he's making that money this offseason. That's what I was going to say. Should he be paid? Should he be paid like Khalil Mack? Should he be up Not there like, like Mack? Because nobody should be getting paid like Khalil Mack. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, as a Raider fan, I'm saying, but honestly, I would say I I think the extra couple million, as stupid as it sounds, it, it's just a little too much for cap purposes, and you gotta rein it back a little bit. It has to be reined back. Guaranteed money, doing, finding different structures and bonuses, all that. You deserve it. But for cap reasons, you just can't dump that much money into that one position. That said, Tank should absolutely be getting a hell of a payday. Yeah, he's he's definitely going to get paid. But that defensive line... Uh, Who are you going for first? You're a GM right now. You're on the Jets. You need a pass rusher. Are you going for him or a clowny? Mind you, money. It's not just talent. It's money and everything. Which one are you going for? I'm going for Tank. You're going for 100%. Okay. 100%. But me being a Jets GM, I'm just going to go in the draft. and <laughs> Josh Allen and call it a day. All right. What do you think about the game? Well, I thought the game was a good game. This was a great playoff game. You know what I mean? I was excited the whole game. I, I wanted to see Russell Wilson pull it off. I thought Dallas would win. If, like I said, if that defensive line could cause havoc and, and you know, maybe not get to Russell Wilson because they didn't get too many sacks, but they they ran him around, you know what I mean? And then the back end covered. So it, it was a good it was a good defensive game for Dallas. Absolutely. Other than letting the top off that one big play, which yeah. he said that Lockett was going to burn him at some point. Unfortunately for them, it was just a little too late, but it did give him a chance. Lockett took the top off one time, but Dallas's defense really does just look special. Zeke, the defense, and the heart and the drive of Dak. That might sound corny as shit, but, but he, Dak yeah. just he has the heart and he has the drive. That you really get, is what encompasses Dak Prescott. So he played like a grown man. And going forward, you know, Dallas with that running game and that defense. It's hard to go against it's hard to, you know, not pick not pick the Dallas Cowboys to go to the Super Bowl when they're playing like this. When when they got Zeke running the ball, Dak running the ball behind them, you know, the defense is playing stellar. It's hard to go against Dallas right now. Rick, talking about a tough one, we're going to talk about one where the refs not only blew, but they absolutely sucked. And this was the Chargers beating the Ravens 23-17. I don't know if the refs seem to want the Ravens to advance or what the thing was, but 
The refs, I did not like very much in this game. I just thought the the whistles were going the wrong way, and they were making a lot of bad calls. And they just, the reviews, the replays, I haven't been on board with a lot of the replay decisions this year, and especially in this playoffs. So, that said, Chargers won. I've been saying it. I've been doubting the Chargers for a long, long time. They are my AFC Super Bowl representative, and they are one step closer. After Phillip Rivers, he had a modest game, 160 yards. Gordon, 40 yards and a touchdown. They didn't have to do that much on offense. They really did not. I was a little bit worried early on, Rick, when uh, Melvin Gordon went down. They were on the goal line. They were running for a touchdown, and Gordon went down. Sprained his knee yet again. The opposite knee, actually. So, I am very concerned with Melvin Gordon's health going forward because he is one of, if not the main points and sticking points, especially going into New England now. They're going to have to be able to run that ball. What it came down to was Lamar Jackson, rookie, youth. He put his all into the damn game. He gave a lot, but he was sacked seven times. He had three fumbles, one lost. The Ravens had four total fumbles, two of them lost. They just, at the beginning they had some fumbles, and at the end they had some fumbles. So very critical, crucial times. The Ravens were just not on the ball. What did you think? And what did you think about the whole Flacco situation on the sidelines, the fans going a little crazy? What did you think about the whole game? Well, this was another nail biter, <laughs> like you said. Um, it really you know, was. Uh, not not until the middle of the fourth quarter. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like this was a boring game for a while, but yeah, it's like you said earlier in the week. You know, this is the second time the Chargers are playing the Ravens. You know what I mean? And maybe you know they game planned a lot better this time around. You know what I'm saying? They were able to, you know, stop Lamar Jackson. I and didn't want to say I told you so, Rick, but absolutely they got the uh, that second look at him. You know, you got that tape. And they were able to game plan for him. And, you know, kudos to them. You know what I'm saying? Anthony Lynn and, and his coaching staff, they did a great job adjusting from this game to the last game. So, um, or from the last game to this game. I think the Chargers look good, man. You know what I'm saying? The Chargers look good especially on defense, which is what you want to see in the playoffs. You know, they did just enough, like you said, on offense to get it done, but we didn't we didn't expect them to have to do much against this Ravens team. You know, we know the Ravens aren't known for putting up loads of points, but on defense, which is what you really want to see come to play when you come to the playoffs, they look great. You know, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, they're out there looking like two beasts, you know what I'm saying? So I like the game. Um I think the Ravens blew it, though. I have to say that the Ravens blew it. You got to give Flacco a chance. You got to give him a chance. With Lamar playing so bad, you got to give him a chance, man. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you there, but I'll let you finish your point. I I, I just, if you want to move on, if you want to advance, you got to pull out all the stops. It's like it's like game seven in the in the baseball World Series, you know what I'm saying? Game seven of the World Series. If you got that starting pitcher back there and your closers, you know, fucking up, you're going to bring in that starter. It's the seventh game. You know, you, you pull out all the stops. And I felt like John Harbaugh should have did that. Give yourself another another week, man. I don't know if that I, – I don't think that would have been the right decision for them going forward. You could have won. Yeah. I think you keep Lamar Jackson in and you let him fight through it. I'm a big believer 
in sports and in anything in general in life. You let people fight through the adversity. It's just the way it is. And that's the only way you're going to get better and get experience. So as much as I understand the fans' gut reaction, and a lot of that gut was filled with beer, they needed to calm down and support their quarterback, their brand new rookie quarterback, they needed to get behind him and help drive him because look what happened. Lamar Jackson stayed in the game. He pushed through it. He had some really nice runs and a couple of really nice passes. He nailed some of those plays. Did you see that one where he floated right over the defender and this dude snagged it? He was on point in the fourth quarter. It just took him a while to get started. So... He almost got them back in there. Obviously, yes, at the end, there was another bad fumble. They lost the ball. They lost the game. That was it. But I think you need to let Lamar Jackson try to fight out of it. And he almost did. Any fans that want to see Joe Flacco so badly, sign up for Broncos tickets or uh, Jags tickets or (laughs) Giants, wherever the hell he goes next year, because he's not your quarterback anymore. Lamar Jackson is. And you need to accept that, get behind him, and let him try to fight out of this. Because if he would have pulled that off, all those people that were booing, they'd be eating a lot of crow. And last but not least, especially for me, Rick, you know it is a happy day in the Six Pack Pad household. The Bears have lost and are out of the playoffs, supplying the Raiders with the number 24 pick in the upcoming NFL Draft. But for now, we'll focus on this. The Eagles beat the Bears 16-15 after a last-second Cody Parkey field goal attempt was blocked, not missed, everybody, blocked by Trayvon Hester. So let's all lay off of poor Mr. Parkey. He definitely dinked some off of some crossbars and some uprights throughout the season. I understand that. But the ball was tipped. Shit happens. It was just a good ice by Peterson. It was a good play by the defense. Unfortunately for Cody Parkey and the Bears, their season ended right there. Uh, Rick, I believe in Nick Foles in the playoffs. I believe in the Eagles in the playoffs. There is something to this team. I just don't know how to even quantify it, but they're a special playoff team. What do you think? Yeah, man. Like It's, it's evident. It's out there. It's on film. They play differently when Foles is in the game. Foles hits everyone. <laughs> it's not just Ertz getting the ball, like when Carson Wentz is in the game. So he spreads the ball around. He gets people behind him. He knows how to run the offense. The Eagles are scary right now. I don't know. They just flipped the whole playoffs upside down for me. I don't. I don't know now. Dallas and Philly are coming into these two games coming up. Um, I think he's got a really good grasp of the scheme. And he seems to be in better control of it than Carson Wentz. So they that just seems flipped. to be a thing. I agree with you there. That, and I've seen a lot of analysts say this: that it seems like Foles just buys into the playbook, and Wentz kind of tries to make other things happen. And maybe that's where the disconnect is on this team in that offense, right? Yeah, that that's how I feel. That's what I see. You know, what I'm saying watching Foles play as opposed to watching Carson Wentz when he's on the field. looks like Carson Wentz does a little too much with his legs now when I'm watching Foles. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't see Foles running around all over the place like Carson does. 
But that's neither here nor there. What's here right now is that the Eagles are here to play. They just flipped the whole playoffs upside down for me. Dallas and the Eagles are looking really, really strong going up against the two teams that we thought were the best teams in the NFL for quite some time this year. So I'm really excited to get to these games this week. Oh, weekend. yeah, this weekend cannot come soon enough. That's for damn sure. So, Rick, let's get down to this then. If, and I would imagine so probably, let's say the Saints bounce the Eagles this week. Eagles are no more. They made it to the divisional. They're gone. You have Wentz and you have Foles. What are you doing? Put your GM hat on yet again. What are you doing with those two quarterbacks? This is a tough one, man. This is a tough one because the only way in my mind that you can make a move like this is if Foles takes you all the way again. Then you got to go back to the drawing board and say, wait a minute. You know, did we pay the right guy? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you don't want to give up on Carson yet. He He's not bad. He's a great young player. Remember, he's he's only in the league two years, three years now. Oh, I get it. You know what I mean? You don't want to give up on him. Like, I'm only thinking, I'm only putting on my GM hat in a situation like this if Foles takes me all the way. If he okay, loses so next if week. He, he loses this week, you're shipping Foles out for whatever you can get, which is probably going to be a decent, some kind of decent pick. Yeah. Yeah, I think I will. I think I what would. What bothers me is that people talk so much about uh, the equity put in for trading for Wentz. I mean, do you not think they're going to get a good amount of that back? I don't understand that stance. Like, you've got the quarter. You spent that those picks and that money to get a quarterback. Okay, well, you have your quarterback now in Foles. If he got you where he got you a Super Bowl, and now we got you a couple rounds into the playoffs, give or take. I don't understand. You have your quarterback, and you're definitely 100% going to, at minimum, be able to get a first-round pick for Wentz. And knowing where the picks are, you may be able to. You may even be able to get a second first round pick because if it's a team that's in the back half of the first round, you're easily going to be able to charge them more. So to me, I think it's just crazy to think that you wouldn't be able to recoup your expenses and get back at least a number one, and then maybe a number two, a number one, some other pick. I don't understand where the problem is with the whole stance on well they spent so much to get up there. Sometimes you got to take a little bit of a hit to get ahead, and guess what? You got a fucking Super Bowl out of it. So, grow a pair and make the move. I'm not advocating. I'm not saying right now today to trade Wentz and keep Foles. Just for clarity, I'm not saying to do that. But I agree with you absolutely, Rick. If Foles gets them to another Super Bowl, which I don't believe, yeah, you move on from Wentz. End of story. No questions asked. All right, Rick, and that brings us on to this coming weekend's games. Here we are. We have on Saturday the Colts traveling to the Chiefs. Before we start our little predictions here, Rick, I'm going to tell you, I'm actually only picking one out of the four home teams to win this week. The Colts at the Chiefs. Rick, who do you got and why? This one was 
kind of an easy choice for me. I'm going with the more complete team, the team that I think has more on defense, offense, special teams. I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts. As much as I love Pat Mahomes, I love me some Pat Mahomes. You know that. I've been vouching for this kid all season long. He's one of my favorite players in the NFL right now. I love to watch him play. Andrew Luck is going to show that he's the better quarterback when these two teams lock horns next week. Hands down. This is the one that I've been waiting for. This is the one where I show my young gun, not Derek Carr, my young gun and Andrew Luck against your top young gun in Pat Mahomes. As much as, yes, you did just say that Andrew Luck was going to show him up, I absolutely agree with you. I think he is going to show them up. I think you said it, the possible franchise back there, Marlon Mack. I think he's going to have a better game and a better day, for sure, over that jumbled Chiefs backfield. Kareem Hunt really fucked them over. So... That was just a terrible setup for the Chiefs. Pat Mahomes, MVP season. Hope you enjoyed it. You had a hell of a run. I think your numbers are reg- uh, your numbers are going to regress a bit next year and going forward, but you've got a damn good career in front of you. How good, we'll find out. But not as good as Andrew Luck, especially not this season. I like the Colts' defense as well, and an underrated side of the Colts is their offensive line. They're giving up the least amount of sacks this year, and they're going to continue to protect Andrew Luck throughout this entire game. I like the Colts. I also like the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are going to prolong. The Raiders waiting for that pick even more. Amari is going to light up Marcus Peters, and that secondary, the Rams, just seem lost. The Rams are not really the undefeatable juggernaut that we once saw earlier on in the season. How much can they piece it together now after the past few weeks of being apart and being rested and being off? I think Gurley is going to have a solid game, but I don't think Gurley is going to show up as much as people are hoping. I think that Dallas defense is going to shut that Rams offense completely off. They're just going to crack them right in the mouth. And we're going to have to wait and see what happens. So I like the Cowboys. I like Dak to make some plays. I like Zeke to eat them up, even with that great interior rush. It's just going to be the Cowboys' day. What do you think? I'm thinking the same thing, Pat. I can't even lie to you, man. The way Dallas has been playing recently and the way the Rams have been playing recently, this is a setup here. Come on. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Dallas is coming in hot. The Rams are coming in like they don't even know what's going on. You know, the Rams haven't looked the same ever since Cooper Cup went down. Let's That's be what honest. I was here. saying. That's what Let's I said be before. He was a huge piece in that offense. And they look lost. You know, Sean McVay looks like, you know, his scheming is still there, but he's not making golf feel comfortable with his play calling right now. You know what I'm saying? Not only that, but the Rams are technically a play action team. You understand what I'm saying? So when they shut Gurley down, that play action is not going to work. And I think that Dallas knows this. They're going to key in on Gurley. They're going to stop Gurley, and then they're going to wreak havoc all over Jerry Goff. Got to make you wonder there, Rick, uh, how many teams are waiting for this weekend's games and seeing how the Rams actually fare 
before they make some decisions on their coaching calls because if the Cowboys beat the Rams, are a lot of people calling Chris Richard? Are a lot of people looking more for defensive coaches and kind of pulling back on the whole Sean McVay, quote-unquote, search? You know what I mean? Because a lot of people are always looking for that hot new offensive coordinator. If the Cowboys beat the Rams this weekend, I actually feel like that could change a lot of mindsets. All right, and on Sunday, the early game in New England, my neck of the woods, we have the Chargers coming all the way from the West Coast to visit the New England Patriots. Patriots are certainly used to hosting playoff games in Gillette, but uh, I think there's something different about this one. They keep saying, uh, what is uh, Brady undefeated against Rivers or some shit, even though most of those playoff games were from a decade ago or something. Guess what? This is a different Chargers team. Joey Bosa and Ingram are going to just be in Tom Brady's face and putting him on his ass all day. And guess what Tom Brady hates? Being on his ass all day. Having people in his face. He does not like to be disrupted. And guess what? That makes him play a lot worse. So, I like that pass rush. I like that defense being able to shut down the Patriots offense. Gronk isn't Gronk anymore. Edelman's certainly going to make his plays. That offense is going to get their catches. But I think if they're limited to field goals, and Goskowski's missed a few this year. So, I think the Chargers offense, the Chargers defense, even the Chargers special teams, they're going to come across the country and outclass Belichick's New England Patriots. I like the Chargers to win this one. What have we been watching this last two decades with Tom Brady almost? That to beat him, you got to get him off his spot. What do the Giants show us? If you have a pass rush, he's easily beatable. The Chargers come in prime to win this game. Their pass rush is coming alive with Joey Bosa. The Patriots ended up getting the bye, but they kind of backed into the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? So they're like the the AFC version of the Rams to me right now. They just don't look like the same Patriots team that we've been seeing before. Uh, Gronkowski's not the same anymore. He's definitely not that that old guy that that uh, strikes fear into you over the middle like he used to all these years for Brady. Edelman, like you said, he's going to do his his little numbers, but even he's not who he used to be. Brady's just getting older, man. It, it you know, he's breaking down and and it's not it's not happening at a rapid pace like it did to Eli Manning, but slowly but surely you can see how he's regressed. He's not hitting that that intermediate throw in the seams anymore like he used to. He's gotten picked off quite a few times throwing that pass this year. So I'm not comfortable with the Patriots right now. I think that this is Phillip Rivers' year to finally get over that hump who is the New England Patriots and Tom Brady and that next playoff win for him to push him into the championship game. And that leads us right into the Eagles visiting the Saints, Rick. Uh, This is the home team that I like. I like the Saints. I think they're back on it. They're well-rested, which for some teams isn't a good thing for Breeze and those guys. I think that's a great thing. Uh, Yeah, I like the Saints. I just, I like them. They're one of the best, most complete teams in the league. Offense, defense, running game, passing attack. Every aspect of the ball, they attack. I just like everything, even the coaching. 
The Eagles are going to make a much more competitive game out of this than their first meeting. That's for damn sure. When it comes down to it, last whistle's blown. I like the Saints. New Orleans, they're moving on. They're going to the NFC Championship game right where they deserve in a big rematch with the Cowboys. That's my prediction. I just, I like the Saints, and Breeze is not going to be denied, especially this early on. Cinderella, clocks midnight, Foles, Eagles, you're going home. It was a good run. Nobody expected you to get this far, but the Saints, I just like them. Alvin Kamara is going to have a fucking great game. That's the best way I can say that. Alvin Kamara is going to put up ridiculous stats. Mark my word. You know, I wanted to go with the Eagles here. I really did, but I couldn't bring myself to do it. The Saints, the Saints are just too too powerful for the Eagles in my mind. I think it would have been a better matchup if the Eagles had to play the Rams. That I, that could have been a game I could have seen the Eagles, you know, squeezing I out. I agree with you. But this Saints team coming in, it's going to be kind of tough. Like you said, I expect Kamara to go off, and I expect Michael Thomas to get his numbers. I expect Drew Brees to throw the football all over the field. And I think it's going to be competitive. I think Foles is going to put up a fight, and I think we're going to have a high-scoring game. But I just see the Saints coming out of this one with the win. Yeah, I would agree that uh, it's not going to be 48-7. I think Foles, they're going to put up at least in the 20s. I could see the Saints actually putting up 40 still. So it's not going to be quite the beating, but I think the Saints are going to show they're not here to fuck around. They mean business. They're all about the Super Bowl, and they're ready to hoist that Lombardi trophy over their heads. And they got to start by taking out the Eagles, last year's champs. To be the man, you got to beat the man. Beat the man. All right, Rick, and just to touch real quick on a couple of coaching hires and fires we lost. Like I said earlier in the show, there were eight coaching positions hired or opened up. And the biggest one I would have to say after 16 years of mediocrity and terrible performance, the long national nightmare is over, blackmail means nothing anymore, and Marvin Lewis has officially been fired as the Cincinnati Bengals head coach. Blackmail isn't what it used to be with Snapchat and the Twitter and all these modern age hacking issues there, Marvin. So you're going to have to find a better broadcast job or maybe coaching uh, high school football. I don't know, but Marvin Lewis is out in Cincinnati. Just no playoff wins after all that time isn't going to get it done. Uh, Rick, Jets, they finally got rid of uh, your buddy Todd Bowles. I know you've been calling for that one for a while. As I predicted off-air, Tampa Bay has hired Bruce Arians. So, Bruce Arians, the new coach for Tampa Bay. What do you think about the Jets' coaching position? As far as coaching candidates for the Jets, I wanted to interview Matt Campbell. He declined, which... I understand. You know, he doesn't want to leave where he's built. You know, he's got a good program now at Iowa State. Kudos to you, Mike uh, Matt Campbell, for being loyal. Just don't let me see you in the NFL next year or any year after that, because then I'll definitely come for you on Twitter. <laughs> I like Todd Monken right now. I like him. I don't know. There's something about him that I like. You know, everywhere he's been, he's been successful. This year, he had the number one rated offense. I'm thinking that he's got what it takes right now to unleash Arnold. I like Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur obviously got hired with Green Bay. You know, I don't like anyone else, Pat. 
I honestly don't. You don't like anyone else. You just want Monken. Monken is the only guy for you in New York. I don't think he's the only guy oh, for me. You're going to just... be so depressed and unbearable to uh, talk to the day that uh, McCarthy gets hired. I'm so sorry for that. I'm not, I'm not going to be depressed that day because McCarthy's not going to get hired. McCarthy is not the guy for the Jets. Mike McCarthy, McCarthy will be the head coach McCarthy is of the there. New York Jets. He's not who we need, okay? Well, who you need and who you will get are two very different things. And maybe he is who you need. Maybe you All just right. need yeah. a... If, if you see it like that, yeah, then okay. Of course we have a chance to get Mike McCarthy. But he's not who the fuck we need. Not at all. The Jets might make that stupid-ass move. Which would fucking piss me off, like you said, bro. Don't call me that day. Oh, we're going straight I'm on air. The, no, I'm taking the we're week We're going off. live. But until that day, we'll just have our fun with it. Uh, hey, it could be worse. It could be Jim Caldwell. So, it's, uh, there are some other guys out there. Hopefully, you get what you want. Um, I'll take Jim. I think, oh, God, no. You don't want that. You don't know what you're asking for. <laughs> So, a couple of jobs down, like you said, Matt LaFleur goes to the Packers, Bruce Arians to Tampa Bay. I think Denver is going to go with Vic Fangio, I just, especially now that it was Chicago out. I just think he's done. Supposedly Munchak is also a uh, Mike Munchak of the Steelers. Munchak seems to be the favorite. Very serious contender. I think it's 50-50 there, but as I said this before, before Munchak came on the scene, I said it was going to be Fangio, and I'm going to stick with that. Cincinnati doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. I think they will probably try to go with Zach Taylor from L.A. They're going with Zach Taylor just because he's fucking Sean McVay's. Well, yeah, exactly. That's what I think. Are you one fucking of those kidding teams. me? I this know, guy has never been an OC ever. Exactly. And I think this weekend's game, they're going to be one of those teams that's watching that Cowboys-Rams game. That's going to be one of those big ones. I'm telling you that if the Rams lose this, the luster for Zach Taylor and all the McVay disciples and the McVay lights out there, it's not going to work out as well. And there are a lot of other names. Be enemy. He's a good offensive coach. You got guys like Vance Joseph out there that kind of got the raw end of the deal. Steve Wilkes, for fuck's sake. I mean, he better get a job somewhere. I don't think he's going to get a head coaching job, but Steve Wilkes is a solid coach that got the raw end of the deal because Cliff Kingsbury already hired on in Arizona, another one that I predicted. So I'm nailing these coaching jobs left and right. I hope for your sake that I'm wrong about Mike McCarthy there, Rick, but uh, I would not count on it. You will be. Eh, well, we'll have to wait and see. As I said before, Chris Richard is absolutely not my dark horse, not my favorite. He is everything. He is the coaching choice above all other coaching choices. If I had a franchise and I don't have Gruden and Mayock running the show... Chris Richard is the guy that I am calling, saying, get your ass over here. You're already hired. You have the job. Because I like that guy. I like what he's done with the Cowboys, their defense. I like his past with the Seahawks. I think he's just the right guy. And I think if the Cowboys go out this round, uh, still fire Jason Garrett. Damn it. Fire Jason Garrett. Bump up Richard. And... Get a new offensive coordinator in there, and let's get this thing rolling for Dallas. Those are the coaching options out there. Those are the coaching vacancies, and we will see how it all develops and plays out going into the uh, coming weeks and the offseason.
All right, everyone, that was our show, and thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for subscribing, liking, following, doing all those things. We greatly appreciate it. Every single week, we're just blown away by the support. We love you all very much. We're looking forward to this weekend's games. We're looking forward as we go down the road to the Super Bowl. Hopefully, it will be a great lot of games. Just a little personal note out there, I'd like to send a good well wishes and get well soon to First Day listener. He was with us our first day, Rick. He was one of our biggest supporters, still is. John Kelly suffered a little bit of an accident. He's sitting, he's laid up, probably listening to us right now, cheering us on. So, John, get well, buddy. Get well soon. Get well, John. You can find us all on social media, on Twitter. You can find the show at 4QC Show. You can find me at Six Pack Pat with the number six. And you can find Rick at... Rick Red Zone. Rick Red Zone. There it is. Follow him. Follow us all. We would appreciate it. And you can also find our Facebook page, The Fourth Quarter Comeback. We greatly appreciate all the support, all the likes, follow, subscribes, five stars, the whole deal. Hope everybody enjoys... This weekend's games, playoffs, baby, they are in full force. Now it's time for this year's first parting shot. If you are a professional sports team, do not let Drake anywhere near your organization because he is a magnet for failure. Ladies and gentlemen, don't let Drake support your team. Have a good day, everybody. Enjoy the football.